Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Today, we're talking about why your cash is trash. Hey, everyone. Ryan Dash here and Dan Wartell from the Vancouver Life Real Estate Group. Um, And today, we're going to talk about inflation. Uh, It's kind of a dirty word. uh, And we want to uh, explain to homeowners, prospective homeowners, and really also realtors, uh, why you need to have uh, a discussion about inflation with your clients and with yourself, um, because we are in an environment where it's hitting um, it's hitting the news almost every month about inflation rising and inflation rising. So why does this matter? Why is it important? So what we're going to talk about is what is inflation um, and why it matters. We need to talk about sort of why having cash is is trash. Uh, what causes your inflation? How do we measure it? And then what's the best way to use your money um, to fight against uh, inflation and um, how to come out on top? Um, at least how we think you can do that. So first of all, I think um, we need to sort of talk about what inflation is, right? Um, so at a very high level, uh, we know that Canadian inflation hit 4.7% this month, um, and that's up sort of 0.7% from the month before, hitting an 18-year high. Uh, meanwhile, in the States, it hit 6.2, uh, which is a crazy high number, a 13-year high. Um, and a lot of these things, uh, inflation, at least when it's talked about in the media um, and in the papers, um, a lot of it is talked about what's called a consumer price index. And a consumer price index is simply, um, it's kind of like this arbitrary uh, metric that is used to track the cost of consumer goods and to see over the course of a period of time, um, whether or not those are going up or down and by what percentage, right? But I want to talk about maybe why the CPI uh, isn't really the best use uh, to measure that. Like, for example, the CPI measures goods, right? So what are goods? A basket of goods, those aren't assets, right? So goods are things like uh, the cost of transportation, right? Um, They might be uh, the cost of food, things you consume, right? But what it doesn't value or what it doesn't measure are the hard assets and scarce assets inside of an uh, an economy that are rising typically by a much higher rate, right? So for example, um, let's say you were going to buy a, uh, let's say for example, you don't own a home. You rent, you live uh, in, you live with your friends. Uh, The vast majority of your time is spent working part-time. You maybe order some pizza, Uh, you play video games a lot, inflation really isn't going to be something that you care about because the cost of your pizza, really maybe the cost of your streaming, those are the things that really are only going to be impacted by inflation. It's a relatively low number, right? But where this starts to change and why this is getting 
uh, important to understand is that if you're trying to buy anything other than that, say a, an asset, whether it's a stock, whether it's a, a house, uh, specifically a house in, in this instance, right? We're seeing the cost of housing, at least in Vancouver, has gone up by an average of 17% year over year. In Toronto, it's gone up by 25%, right? So what we kind of need to understand is um, how we measure inflation and what we're, what we're paying attention to isn't necessarily the whole story, right? Um, so Dan, maybe this is a good period or time for you to segue into exactly what inflation is at a high level and why it matters. Right. Thank you so much for that. So, I mean, in a nutshell, top level here, inflation is simply the decline of purchasing power of a given currency over time. And the rise in the general level of prices means that the that a unit of currency effectively buys less than it did in prior periods of time. So, as a currency loses its value, prices rise and it buys fewer goods and services, right? We're out there, what used to be $5 now feels like it's 6 or $7 on a very simple basis, you know, kind of boots on the ground, especially at the grocery store. And of course, what we see is sustained inflation occurs when a nation's money supply growth outpaces economic growth. And hello, what is exactly what we've been seeing in the last 18 months. I mean, 18 months ago, the economy was shut down and the money printing presses started going into overdrive. So this, this, what we're experiencing today, it was created. It was almost an inevitability. You can't have uh, a zero economy in a sense or a stopped economy and money printing coming into an environment without inflation being an expected outcome. So... An increase in the supply of money is essentially the root of all inflation. And, and like I just said, we've seen on a two-year rolling basis, I believe um, the amount of money available in Canada is running north of uh, 30% more. We have 30% more cash in the system than we did two years ago. And that's the fastest pace of money supply growth that we've seen uh, since the 80s. So with that environment... And, and even then, actually, sorry, I should back up and say, look, many people believe that number to be underreported, right? We're yeah. essentially looking to the government and looking to the Bank of Canada, and they're saying, yeah, we've printed 30%. And we're sitting here going, okay, great, maybe. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's, it's, you're a central bank. You're the only one. You tell us. <laughs> that's it. So whether that number is true or not, it's still obviously a very big number. And of course, again, the largest that we've seen in, in over 30 years here. So something's under 50 years. Yeah, 40, and some years. If you if you're looking at that thirty percent, like that that that's a it's an interesting number. Okay, so if I own a home on any given street, right, and inflation occurs by it goes up by thirty percent, and if I rent that or if I live in it, the cost of of the fact that now my renter has more money by virtue of inflation because more money has been printed. Therefore, the current dollar is worth less. I need two of your dollars now to make up what used to be one. The cost of your rent or even the cost of that home is likely to go up by 30%. So if we increase, if we increase you know, the money supply by 30%, you're actually devaluing your currency by that amount. Uh, on, on the asset side of things, you're increasing the value of that asset by 30% as well. So that makes a swing of 30% negative cash flow, cash growth, and 
uh, an asset rise of 30%, a 60% swing from the value of your cash to the value of your assets, right? And this is why cash is trash <laughs> in, yeah, and inf- in, in an inflationary environment. Exactly. Right? I mean, let, let's pretend or, or let's take the 4.7% as, as if it were factual, okay? Mm-hmm. And you put 100000 cash in your bank thinking that, you know, you're doing what mom and dad did and you're, and you're saving your money. You're doing the right thing. And of course, here we are 12 months later, that 100000 is now worth in and around 95000 Mm-hmm. ish you know but it trust me like ryan just touched on it definitely feels more like 30 percent yeah. at least yeah. so yeah. again by saving by having cash as cash in a bank having inflation far outpace the rate of any interest rate you're going to grow off of that cash you are devaluing or as the currency is being devalued your cash is being worth less and, yeah. and saving it is what we're trying to say here is in this environment uh, not doing yourself any favors you're, you're losing money by by storing cash at this point yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and probably for, for some of the foreseeable future. And I think kind of what's important to understand here is in this environment, we've we've kind of had a, a tilting of the tables. You've got, you know, if you will, people who, who buy assets and you've got people who work for money or for cash flow, right? And since COVID and, and since inflation has really started to run, the tables have really turned in the favor of those who own assets, and I think that was, we've said that a, a number of times on our previous podcasts, how we talk about those who rent homes typically saw a net worth gain of about $8,000, something in that range, right, Dan? Eight to 10, mm-hmm. something like that. And the average homeowner went up by 10 times that amount, right? And that is a, a result of inflation. That's a result of having and owning scarce assets, right? That's the only way... Well, it's one of the only ways that you can really combat um, inflation, right? If you think that you're going to hold on to your cash and that the cost of real estate is going up so much, I'm going to wait for it to pop. Well, one of the reasons why it may not have popped like many people have hoped is because inflation is constantly taking place in the marketplace as well, right? And they're not really, they're looking at the cost of their goods and not and they're and they're comparing them to the cost of assets and that's not a good comparison right so if we look at the cost of goods rising by 4.7% year over year but you look at the fact that toronto real estate has gone up by 25% well why are you looking at the cpi as a as a as a metric it, it's going to mislead you right and i think that that's it's important to understand so what can we do um, and, and how do we put our money in a, in a safe place or, or hedge against inflation by putting it into assets, right? And Dan, maybe you want to talk about some options here that people have that can lean into, right? Exactly. In any environment, there's going to be a place where you can put money in another in a form or cash or asset where it's going to benefit. And as we know, we are in a high inflationary environment today. Uh, Bank of Canada and the Fed have all but guaranteed we can expect to see this up until at least early to mid-2022 uh, before they're even considering raising rates to start um, potentially bringing that rate of inflation down. So what do you do? Where do you put, if you're thinking, okay, I've got cash and what you're saying is resonated, where should I put it so that I can hedge against inflation and see it grow at a faster rate than inflation so that my money is either 
equaling or doing obviously much better than inflation as the goal. So first one is, of course, stocks. And, um, you know, we're careful to say that we're not giving investment advice and you want to go to the <laughs> professionals here, but stocks are worth looking at, right? Whether you are investing yourself or you're talking to an investment advisor, uh, stocks tend to beat inflation um, even through, even though their growth may be slowed. Um, best areas to invest during periods of inflation include technology and consumer yep. goods. And before you go even further, I just wanted to say, like, you know, I, ha- I do some of my own stock investing. And what's really funny to look at is that th- the vast majority of stocks in any given year, probably, if you're really good, like a, a hedge fund would return on average 11% in a year, Right. And, you know, if you've got inflation taking place at 2%, well, then now you're making 9%, right? And that's a pretty good turn. What's it really interesting in an inflationary environment is, let's say they still go up by, you know, 11%, but then you've got inflation at 20%, and you're looking at your stock portfolio going, oh, damn, I made 30% this year choosing these stocks. No, you didn't. You took advantage of an inflationary environment. Because the amount of stocks that are in circulation don't change, right? Just like the amount of houses in circulation don't change at a pace enough to, at least in our market, change at enough of a pace to change the market. So it's really, it's the dollars and the money going into the system that is devaluing and pushing that scarce asset up in value. So that's why you need to own an asset, not your cash. Mm-hmm. One that uh, people have invested in historically are your commodities, essentially your, your golds and silvers. Now, again, I say historically because they used to have a much better rate of return against inflation than they did this time around. Because if you consider the beginning of the shutdown uh, somewhere around March or April of 2020, gold is actually at the same price exactly, you know, give or take a couple points here than it was or than it was back in March, April. <clears throat> 2020. So this 18, 20 months later, where we're seeing a lot of assets going up 15, 20, 30%, gold has been the same. And considering the fact that we are in a high inflationary environment, that means gold's actually worth less. So things are changing. So maybe that gold-silver play is not what it was historically, which is what brings us, of course, to real estate. And you uh, have obviously (laughs) heard in the last... You know, 18, 20 months here about what's happened in real estate, whether from us or any headline, because it's inescapable because the rates have been so high, like Ryan just touched on 25% in Toronto year over year. We're in and around 17% here in GVRD. 17% is well, well above that 4.7%, give or take that being the actual number. Either way, it's doing a lot better than cash, for example. Um, And if you can't, let's say, buy a home right now, but you want your money kind of getting the same kind of returns, things like REITs, real estate investment trust could be looked at because you want money out of cash and into something like that to expect a higher rate of return. And uh, also too, we see, let's definitely talk about alternative investments. We've seen money go into things like fine art, um, vintage toys, cars, trading trading cards, um, and other collectibles, because those can, oddly enough, almost be safer than, uh, than cash, if you will, and especially in this high inflation environment. And one that we obviously have to touch on because it is becoming all too common and has definitely outperformed all of those combined over the last 18 months, and that is the crypto space. Yeah. 
I mean, um, it, it's really done some some crazy stuff, and I think I think it's done particularly well for a number of reasons. Um, I think because the cost of real estate has become so high, um, the new generation, the, the millennial generation. Um, likely are looking at being some of the, uh, with, if they don't have any kind of transfer of wealth taking place in their family, uh, they could be looking at being one of the poorer generations in our history. Um, and that's because of the current cost of real estate and, and other assets. Um, so the the crypto environment is a, is a pretty risky environment. Um, but, you know, and, and I think to the point of, Dan, you brought up why people aren't buying gold like they used to, uh, it's a change in mindset, right? You know, people bought gold and they saved uh, they saved their gold and their silver because those generations, you know, saw periods of war, you know, much more war than, say, uh, a lot of the millennial generation has ever seen or even knows. So the um, their their risk tolerance is much higher, right? They don't have as they they're not in that same headspace. So their risk tolerance being higher is it any you know, surprised that when a millennial generation was kind of out of work for a year, received some helicopter money, maybe learned about, you know, futures or options trading in, in online, put their $1,200 surplus check or their whatever their, their curb payment was into crypto, leveraged on it and watched their Bitcoin go up by, you know, in this case, 197% right? Or Ethereum up by 697%, right? So this time last year, you could have taken, you know, your $1,200 and bought, um, say, four Ethereum tokens, and that $1,200 would now be 20000 So, you know, the, the rate of acceleration is happening inside of a crypto space like this because we're seeing a shift in mentality and, and a huge new generation that is adopting, um, this crypto environment in ways that other generations can't understand because they have a different mindset completely. Right. So, and, and the current environment has also forced them into that space because they cannot buy real estate in many instances. Right. So it, what's really interesting too, uh, um, and to understand is, you know, there's a lot of ETFs that are now coming out in the stock market space. You can buy what's called a derivative of a crypto. So let's say you're too, you don't want to buy Bitcoin because you don't know enough about it. Um, you can buy the derivatives of these assets that inflate, right? So in an inflationary environment, if Bitcoin has gone up by 200% and you own stock in a company that owns Bitcoin, well, you're going to see a similar rate of return just by the very nature of it being a derivative, right? So you want to, I think at the end of the day, what we're really saying is your level of sophistication and your understanding of, of what your finances were before the um, coronavirus didn't necessarily have to be as sophisticated as they do now. Because the coronavirus and COVID has really, and, and inflation being the sword, cut the divide between people who have and people who don't. I think too, and we touched on it, but I want to reiterate, the Fed and the BOC have literally come out and said inflation is going to run hot for about the next six months, All right? The people who control it, more or less, are guaranteeing, all but guaranteeing, it's going to run high for six-ish plus months. They've, they've given you the runway to say, put your money into assets now, because they're going to keep, infl they're going to keep inflation high. So... Mm -hmm. 
if you've been shown the way, it's probably worth exploring further. You know, look at, have that conversation with your investment advisor. If you're sitting on a bunch of cash, where can you put it for at least the next six months where you're going to see a higher rate of return? Because um, they, I don't think they could be any clearer about the fact that uh, this is the environment we are going to live in for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I, and I think if you're, if you're a realtor and you're, you're listening to this and you're having discussions with your, your clients about, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are saying, Hey, you know, I want to wait until, uh, this, this market corrects. And it's sort of like, you have to understand inflation. You have to understand scarce assets. You have to understand the fact that we've got more people here than there are homes available for them to lay out the macro picture so that you can get a good understanding of why assets are going to rise and why cash is continually deflating in its value. Very important, very important comment, Ryan. And we've seen it, unfortunately, a number of times where we have people that want to buy homes and they are certain, they've been told too many times and, and they, they're not open to changing that opinion that they need to save. So let's say they're doing great and they're saving $10,000 a month towards a home. And like you said, maybe they think there's a correction coming. And so they've been saving for a year now and they've put 120K away. Um, well, the cash is now worth 108, for example, mm -hmm. and the home has also gone up 15, 17, depending where they are, 25%. So that divide, they have just hurt themselves in a sense so much that a lot of them actually stepped out and they're like, I, I actually can't afford it anymore, even though yeah. they were saving so much for so long. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, you look at these crazy numbers like, you know, Ethereum going up 697% in a year. You know, the one thing you got to understand about real estate too, real estate is a, is a far safer environment than, than crypto could ever be at this point, at this point. And saying that, it, because if you took your $108,000 you know, or whatever, and you bought, say, a five dollars or $600,000 place, What's happening actually is you're getting a 17% lift on your leveraged money. So you're on you're making 17% on 600,000 using your 100,000. So you don't need to go up by 697% to make a serious gain. You only need to go up 10%, you know, 8% before you've made a significant gain on the cash on cash return. If you've got a $600,000 place, inflation's pushed it by 10%, you've made 60,000 on your 100,000. And that's how you need to look at the real estate piece of this too. That's why real estate is so popular. People that make tons of profits in these other industries, put it into real estate to protect it. And that's, what, that's why. Yeah, Ryan and I definitely work with some high net worth individuals and places we see them putting their money is largely real estate, a good chunk going into crypto. And of course, uh, the tried and true stocks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, guys, anyhow, um, inflation is uh, typically a boring topic and, and often is quite confusing if you take it from the perspective of a consumer price index, because you're looking at, you know, inflation is up only 5% and yet, you know, it's so expensive to buy a house. Why have they gone up by 17 or 20%, right? So pay attention to what you're being told and pay attention to the metrics you're looking at because they won't necessarily be correct and they won't reward you if you're not paying attention to the much bigger picture. Great. Well said. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. Please subscribe if you're enjoying this and we will be back next week with some more housing information for you. Thanks.
That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.